What's going on, everybody? Welcome back into the Dog Basketball Podcast. Here we are on this Tuesday, January 11th, uh, to recap the victory that was this past Saturday night and to preview the daunting task again on the road tomorrow. I'm Nick Malone, joined by Noah Lurch. Noah, it was a hard-fought, gutsy win and almost got away from us like a lot of games have this year, it seemed like, but we got it out 2-0 and in conference. Yeah, it's another one of those games where uh, – Still quite haven't learned how to finish off a game or not. Um, still haven't put a full 40 minutes of Saluki basketball together, but we're getting there. Um, but it was a good win. It doesn't matter how you win on the road in the Valley. A win is a win always. It's always tough to get a road win. And uh, now we got two, looking for three tomorrow night. Yeah, and what's crazy is when we get the two, we get halfway two Indiana teams out of the way. And two teams that maybe aren't destined for, uh, you know, total success down the road in the Valley. Uh, we know Evansville has been scuffling. And, you know, we talked about they might not win a Valley game this year. But that is, as you said, every game will be a battle. We're thinking that. We'll cover that again uh, here down the road. But, yeah, we won a score of 63-60. to 60. We had a 16-point lead during this game, Noah. And uh, we won at the arc for the first time in four tries. Uh it was a crazy game, so let's jump into the game. Some big contributors, some, you know, as were needed. Ben Harvard did not play in this game. We found out beforehand he still – he was on the bench. He just uh, was going through – he still was in protocols. He was able to sit, but he just had the extra day that he had to sit out because everyone was wondering probably why is he sitting on the bench if he's still going through it. But he just had to go through the days. Uh, knowing we know Trevor Anderson for Valpo did not play a key guard and shooter for them. So it kind of evened themselves out. So uh, I guess we can go to the box score, but this game started out uh, kind of in our favor, uh, right? I mean, Marcus got going. Marcus had an incredible game in this one again. Dalton Banks had an incredible game. We'll get to some of their numbers. Know how this game started out because it was going good at the start, right? Yeah, we, we look at it and we uh, we think back to uh, what has been one of our big keys of this year um, for – our struggles this year and it's it's been we're not we're not we're getting we're getting behind real real quick we're we're trailing points we're looking for points early um getting down in games with slow starts and uh um did not in this game we got going uh Marcus Damas real quickly like got in a groove and uh he showed out to be the player he's always been and Real quickly, like, he, he was starting to tally up points real quick in the first half. You're right, and we did start off good, especially after having 11 days off as a team. That's that's one thing we said going in. We didn't know how the team was going to, you know, come off. And we like we said, we had everybody but Ben. And especially off COVID, and we'll get to it later because the uh, other teams or, or every coach uh, in the Valley had a meeting, press conference the other day, and they all discussed, you know, their statuses, and we'll get to some of those players from other teams that have dealt with COVID, uh, you know, in a kind of a rough way, and even one that played in this game, Noah Thomas Kithier, we know, has had it. He's been dealing with something, and he had a pretty decent impact in this game. He's every bit of scoring as well as he does around the rim and not missing a whole lot. Uh, we'll get to that. But, yeah, we started off really good and, and you know, in that sense of, uh, you know, after 11 days off being just fine, not having any, you know, stamina issues. And we'll get to an inner Troy D'Amico was with uh, Mike Reese. He kind of alluded to even he had it and uh, kind of felt winded even with practices beforehand. So 
uh, we did, did not miss a beat, arguably, in that, and our defense showed on this one, right? But at the end of the final five minutes of the first half, we went on a 14-4 run to grab a 10-point halftime lead. Uh, so, Noah, let's jump into that first half box score. What stuck out? Yeah, that first uh, first half box score, looking at uh, – like I said, Marcus got in his groove early, six of seven from the field, two of three from three. Um, our first basket was an open three by him. So um, he said after the game, seeing that, seeing the first couple threes go in, that's um, he just got in a groove. He scored 14 first half points. He um, was our leader, had three assists to go along with that. He's leading the Valley in assists right now per game. Uh, two rebounds. Uh, he was doing it all for us in the first half. And uh, – um, that's a player we know he can be um, cash coupette. He's uh, continued a, another strong, a strong game for him. Um, even though it was kind of a quieter game, we, you saw uh, uh, he didn't do much in the second half, but uh, seven first half points for him, three or four from the field. He was doing uh, him and Dalton Banks were getting first good backdoor cuts and cut to the basket and Marcus is finding them. So, uh, that's starting to get going. Uh, JD was big in rebounding the first half. He was this whole game. Only scored two points, but uh, we only had uh, five guys score in the first half. Yeah, it's true. And you mentioned Marcus leading the Valley in assists. That's almost incredible with, you know, the amount of scoring that he produces along. And we know his passing has been great this year. 4.43 leading the cover. It's kind of surprising. We know there's good guard play. Uh, but if he's able to score like he does along with getting those assists, that's really incredible. You know, he's – he got doubled at times in this game. He was able to kick around for certain shots. But, yeah, shooting six of seven from the field took right off from his from his grambling game in terms of his uh, efficiency. Uh, yeah, you mentioned Cash. You're right. He was scoring well. He was doing everything. He had these nice floaters to get those seven. Uh, J.D., six rebounds in the first half. That's huge. He did score off a nice reverse that he's been doing a lot this season uh, that we uh, – you know, he, I was going to say that hopefully he keeps doing it, but he has been. So we expect him to the rest of the way. Lance had four on uh, five shots. Lance had a bit of, I don't remember, was it in the first half or second half where he took a spill and it looked like he was hurt? That was the second half. Okay, so we'll Early get, second half. Right, really early. And then, yeah, you mentioned Dalton. We'll get to his finish of the game. Incredible. Arguably his best game of Sluky Uniform, without a doubt, because obviously we're only one by three and he had some huge shots. We'll get to that, yeah. Uh, Anthony, Kyler, Troy off the bench, nothing. Troy had five rebounds in half, incredible, two assists. And Noah will have a topic on this again. Stephen Verplanken, really nothing. He had a foul and one rebound in this game. We'll get to Didn't get any shots. Didn't get any shots. And, you know, I figured if you're not getting shots, you got to impact the game in some different way. Not saying he didn't, I guess, defensively. But it can be a quiet uh, stint on defense, I guess, for the team and for him at times. So we'll get to him again. They shot one of nine from the three-point line. We mentioned Trevor Anderson's a good shooter. He's probably, he probably impacted that to this point. We were three of nine. Uh, we do take pride in guarding the three-point line. We're one of the tops in the country at that. One of two from the free-throw line. We'll get to that again. Our free-throw shooting was suspect in this one in the second half. We out-rebounded them. Everything was going well in that first half. Uh, they did minus turns, minus uh, stretches of turnovers, which um, the lead would have been a lot bigger if we would have cut down on some of those uh, – we almost got to our, our game average uh, in the first half with eight turnovers, so uh, that's got to change. Uh, but other than that, n nine nine assists in the first half, that's good team ball. We're moving the ball. Um, Marcus is a big part of that, but other guys are finding each other. Uh, so uh, it was a 
overall good first half. I thought we played a really solid, minus some turnovers, a really solid 20 minutes of Salute basketball. You're right, and it says a lot because if we turn it over eight times and we had a 10-point lead still and we allow them to score 22 points, that does. That shows our defense for sure. So they want to uh, – for sure. I think it was actually because I tweeted the half here and I said, glad Lance isn't hurt. So I think that happened at the end of the first half, I guess. We got great minutes from Dalton. I guess that's whenever Lance took that spill. And when he did, he slid across the floor and it looked like he was kind of stiff that he did hurt himself and it took him a while to get up. And then all of a sudden he was back in the game at whatever point. So it uh, was the first solid 20 minutes outside of the turnovers. Yeah, so uh, pretty sure we started off the second half okay. Obviously, uh, they outscored us by seven in the second half. Uh, but let's jump into that second half, though. Yeah, right. Right from we had to get really going from the get go, being up twelve or getting right to the basket. Lance gets a good jumper going. Um, I've been talking about it when he's struggling from three. Um, he needs to get downhill, and that's when he's unstoppable. Then he can maybe get to the line, see see some uh, free throws go in, then maybe take some jumpers and. Get in a good rhythm. He hit a jumper to get us going in the second half. Um, really started out strong. We built it up to a 14-point lead. Um, then they started chipping into it. It got down to, what did it get down to, five? It was the lowest, I believe. So uh, then we really expanded on it again. So uh, really getting into it. Dalton Banks, um, really good second half. He got us going. Then Marcus uh, did what he does. And uh, Lance added in on that as well. For sure, yeah. Dalton, like we said, unbelievable. <clears throat> we'll get to some of the plays he had. Yeah, we had a uh, – Marcus really got going in the second half with, and he got those assists up even more uh, and got in a rhythm kind of. Uh, he had he did have an entry pass to Anthony, that score for a layup, and Anthony scored it literally in no time. He got it up quickly, left hand. Uh, they got our lead up to 16, and that was our biggest lead. But then even Marcus said that they were doubling the post a lot, that he was able to uh, find guys, and he said guys were making shots. Uh, and, yeah, Dalton, after this, his slow start, yeah, he come on, he came on strong. Definitely has in recent weeks. We agree with that. He was 5 of 7 in this game, four, perfect from the free throw line. Noah, he was having shots that, well, one, the biggest one was what, that fadeaway at the free throw line at the end of the shot clock. Uh, another one was he had whoever, one of the bigs, draped all over him. He kept his pivot foot and then had a floater. Uh, he had a couple and ones. I mean, it's kind of incredible. And we notice he's getting a little facial hair going. Maybe that's just uh, kicked him in the year. We, we mentioned that he, he was ill, you know, before the Grambling game that he didn't play in. So Dalton had his own, like, two-week stretch of not playing any games, uh, which, was, which was crazy. So, uh, yeah, I think that says a lot for his growth. And we talked about him on the previous pod about, uh, you know, thinking moving forward, it would not be nice to have a guard or go recruit a nice veteran guard somewhere, uh, you know, because Dalton had been struggling. We didn't know if he was going to be the guy. And obviously this is just one game. He's got to sustain it. But he shows exactly the kind of guard that we need and the fact that obviously he's here and uh, he's still in the system. So that's a good sign. And, yeah, they did make a late run in this game, Noah. They cut the two points in the final minute. Uh, Kevin Taylor, Noah, missed couple he missed a game he was a great shooter coming to this game we saw that he it was an 1800 point score which uh, you said he played where before uh d2 division two so he dominated he is a great shooter and he did get great looks in this game with three pointers and he missed that one at the very end three seconds left what were the 
facets before that, because obviously, like I said, we turned it over a little bit, um, and then they they dig on that. What was it? A nine zero run, I think, at one point to cut it. Uh, so we put ourselves in another bad situation in the game, not finishing, having a lead up to sixteen. And we think back to the Creighton game, we had like an eight point lead with like three minutes left and blow it. So uh, we're finding ways to you know, almost blow these games. Thank God we're not. And you know, he got Kevin Taylor did get a a great look at the end there. Yeah, KB on Taylor had about three good looks right there. Um, even he said after the game that he, he thought it was definitely going in. Uh, it looked good. Um, we did a really good job contesting any shot they had from deep all game long, kept for a couple from Kobe King early. But, uh, yeah, down that stretch, we had a um, 61-53 lead, and they went on that run. Uh, we had some bad possessions, missed free throws. Even Marcus Damas missed a free throw. Uh, Lance missed a couple free throws. JD um, still work in progress on those, but he missed a couple. Even had another another opportunity adds to his uh, probably league uh, nation leading point total and opportunity lane violations drawn. So, uh, but still cannot convert. And uh, but uh, Troy hit some big free throws down the stretch, uh, and we were able to fend them off. Yeah, Troy had a big three as well. You're right on JD's free throws. Like, those aren't getting any better. Even though Brian keeps saying that he's working on them and improving, uh, which makes us think, obviously, at some certain points of the game, uh, you might go smaller, especially with Troy healthy now, and if he can have an impact like that, you can have him and Marcus in like they did in the Evansville game, uh, working smaller, you know, throughout games this season that J.D. wouldn't play because you risk him shooting free throws because you know he's, he had 10 rebounds in this game. You know, like you said, he had six in the first half. Uh, you risk him being out there to pretend. We know he's valuable. You risk him being out there to get fouled and you know, have pivotal free throws. Uh, and you know, at, like you just said, he's getting all these other opportunities at the line with the lane violations. So he's giving himself more chances, but he's not making any of them. So that's something to keep an eye on for sure. And yeah, they shot 5 of 22 from the three-point line. I don't really recall. I don't remember what the numbers were before the game, if they were a great, not a great, but a Decent enough three-point shooting team. I guess that's thanks to Trevor Anderson. But, uh, yeah, it, it was a uh, leading cause for us as we were were a top uh, league's top perimeter defense. So we do take pride in that. So, like you said, final score of 63 to 60. Um, no, let's start with the box scores. But quickly, going to them, uh, we thought times in this game, we said Kithier, and obviously we found out after the fact that he's been dealing with COVID. You know, and he had, and we mentioned how good he was around the rim. Him and Cricky had this these crazy spin moves that are big. You know, whoever else couldn't defend. No, and even Kobe King, he led them in scoring. He was pretty good. He's obviously I don't think he's what he was clearly, but he's he's still good. And yeah, we're not surprised that he found his way to a Big Ten school to start his career. Yeah, he's he, he's not exactly what he was at Wisconsin, but uh, yeah, they have those three top guys and King, Cricky, and K- the three Ks. Be careful there, but uh. Um, Kithier, Cricky, and King, but uh, yeah, it's um, 18 and nine for Kobe King, big time. Um, 16 and four for Cricky, he was unstoppable one stretch. Uh, none of our bigs could stop him. Then uh, Kithier had a double double, 12 and 10. Um, Anderson would have helped them, gave him a little extra punch in this game, may have been the difference. But uh, Edwards didn't do much. Uh, Kavion Taylor, as great a scorer he is, he was two of ten from the field. So he, he might have killed him. Yeah, he, he was a big, big hurt for them not shooting the ball well. Which, uh, so uh, yeah, overall, I mean, they're gonna have some struggles if they can't get 
extra help from those top three guys. Uh, Anderson would have helped a little bit. But uh, other than that, they had two two fresh, two fresh true freshman point guards had to play. Uh, Rudinger had to step in the starting lineup. And a guy I kind of like is Darius Diavaro off the bench. Uh, he's a pesky little guy. Um, really good. He's going to be really good in this league maybe one day. So uh, it's going to be interesting to see what happens with them down the stretch. Uh, they get healthy. Uh, Kithier gets back in because uh, we'll probably talk about it later. But Lottish talked about him and his in the MVC uh, Zoom call they had yesterday. So, um, yeah, once Kithier gets back going, then if they can just feed feed uh, Kithier and Cricky down low and hit some open shots, uh, they can be a dangerous team going in if they get going. Yeah, and we've said that before. And there were, you know, early in, the, in that game or even down the, like early in the second half when we built that huge lead, we're like, yeah, there's no reason why we shouldn't beat these guys. Uh, they didn't look too good throughout the game, but then they turned it on when they went on that run and they showed everybody why, you know, they can be a good team. We know they're having a rough stretch of games. They have one tonight we'll get to, or they have one soon they'll get to. Uh, and you mentioned the two freshmen coming in. Yeah, and even uh, Rudinger had, was one for five. So him and Kevion Taylor combined for three for 15 that arguably could have killed their chances. Uh, Anderson probably takes shots from those guys and it could be totally different. So, uh, it does show that even they were bad. Aaron Gordon uh, barely plays anymore, it seems like. Uh, he shot once, didn't do a whole lot, made one free throw. Uh, but, yeah, they had to rely on those freshmen, and, yeah, rooting or shooting with Taylor's kind of did them in maybe. So it shows us that just keep the foot on the gas. That's all it takes in that. Uh, they shot 40% from the field in the game. They had seven bench points to R20. Shout out to Dalton and Troy uh, for that for sure. And then uh, – so yeah, we shot we, we shot 55.6% from the field. Let's talk about the free throws, Noah. Seven of 16, uh, six of 14 in the second half. Lance missed a couple. There were just we mentioned JD's free throws, even though guys like Dalton and Troy made theirs. You mentioned Marcus missed one. Um, it's something that we thought we were getting in a groove in free throw shooting. We were actually shooting pretty well in previous games, uh, but this one though, we shot 43.8%. Not good. Yeah, not great at all. Um, we're getting towards the bottom of the country in free throw percentage, I'd say. Because um, when two of your best go uh, Lance Jones 0 of 4, then your best free throw shooter, Marcus Mass, 2 of 4. Um, not good. Then uh, JD, of course, he went 0 for 2, technically 0 for 3 with that extra violation shot. Then Troy went for 1 for 2. Dalton Banks 4 of 4. He's probably ended up being our. Um, best free throw shooter on this team so far right now. Yeah, and it would seem he definitely is. I mean, we would say Marcus is still up there as well. Uh, Lance, remember Lance was on the crazy pace to start the season, missed like four, he was like 18 of 22 or something, and then he just went downhill in that regard uh, after that. But, yeah, and then, Noah, we want to mention Trent played six minutes in this game. He didn't obviously play clearly a whole lot and there was just since he didn't he didn't do anything when he was on the court he had a three plus minus which was good obviously he didn't he didn't have any mistakes when he was out there but we uh, and even brian was asked after the game by mike if he was maybe hurt or his back was acting up on him he said no he just wasn't didn't find his way in the game wanted to i guess just rest him which we know he played a lot in grambling and that's a game he should play a lot in it was questionable, even though we had the guys we wanted to, even though we kind of blew it, had the guys out there that we needed in that stretch. So I wanted to, wanted to talk about that. Uh, Kyler, 
Uh, didn't score, only played nine minutes as well. Uh, he let Cricket get the best of him a lot. He did have two rebounds and an assist. He did have two fouls. Some of those may have been questionable. I recall some of them. Uh, refereeing was eh, but he had a minus six when he was out there. Uh, yeah, Lance, a minus 13 in 25 minutes. That's just the kind of guy we're going to get with him. He had 11 on 11 shots. Yeah, over four from the line, one rebound, one assist, three fouls, two turnovers. Not nowhere near a good Lance game at all. Uh, so he's got to start stepping it up. He did have about two weeks off to rest his foot. Uh, but he did have, as you mentioned earlier, he got to the rim, and we know how great he is at that. He needs to quit shooting to an extent. So um, hopefully he still continues to just grind it out. Marcus with those 23 points, only three missed shots, incredible six rebounds, or seven rebounds, six assists, and 38 minutes. He got an early, we were tweeting about it, he got an early breather. Didn't take long, though, until he got the media timeout, and he came back in and he didn't come out. So he only had a plus minus of three, but he had to do a whole lot. Uh, and, yeah, I know we mentioned Cash. Didn't score in the second half, which is something new. Steven here, absolutely nothing in 23 minutes, barely. Uh, that'll be discovered. Let's talk about it now, Noah. Steven, uh, I want to say if he should come out of the starting lineup or not and provide maybe what Dalton is, uh, ball handler and, you know, in his case, shooting. Especially with Dalton off a great game, I wonder if they would go to his – switch them up in the starting five. Not sure Missouri State's the game we want to do that, but they got to do something with Steve. Yeah, I, he only got two shots, so not a lot there, but we know where he is useful on the defensive end still. Uh, but, yeah, we're used to him uh, knocking down a couple, two or three threes a game, adding some points for us. Um, yeah, but there's times where he's not the only one, but it's not like you don't even notice him that he's out there. Um but, yeah, maybe it is time, maybe put Dalton back in the starting lineup. But uh, maybe Dalton's found this groove in his bench role, so you don't want to mess that up. But I always thought if Dalton's starting to play the way he is, and uh, Lance, I've been telling you this, maybe it's time to sit Lance Jones down for until maybe he looks 100% healthy um, because he's still not right and he's not going to play. And he's he, he only played 24 minutes in this game. That's not Lance Jones' minute. So, um yeah, it's weird. I'm not sure. But, yeah, Steven, um, not himself, but uh, usually when we talk about these guys on the spot where they have an off game the next game, um, they have a pretty good game. So I'm sure we'll be talking uh, next time we're on about Steven maybe scoring double digits points and playing really good. So, yeah, I don't know. But, yeah, it's, it's an interesting topic to talk about because uh, um, the way Dalton's playing, the confidence he keeps growing, if he can maybe insert him in that lineup, um, grows that confidence even more and helps us out. But, uh, yeah, it's an interesting thing. The fact that Steven, we talked at one point this season, we thought he's been the most valuable or the best player so far. I think that was even before Cash dropped 30 points and he was becoming just an incredible scorer. But we've seen more recently of Steven barely doing anything compared to doing something, even at all. And uh, we mentioned back to thinking about when he, uh, in the post game when he, was, um, you know, in the background of whenever Marcus was talking to the guys, he was going to be the, the dog of the game or the player of the game that game if Marcus did have almost a triple-double. That wasn't that long ago, but since then, Steven's just been kind of in. And honestly, uh, you mentioned Lance that if you sit him, I'm not sure, but he would have to be literally unable to play, I think, for there to be an agreement for him to not play, but he could cost us in games. And I was going to segue to the fact that Steven not doing anything could cost us games. Uh, you know, if we didn't have this, I mean, even if Dalton obviously didn't get four of his 14, we lose potentially. 
so many things or if he doesn't make his free throws or anything. I mean, that Steven's got to have some kind of impact, especially if Cash only getting 24 minutes as well, not doing anything in the second half either. Uh, thank God Dalton stepped up, and that's something we hopefully, especially with Trent not playing. We didn't have Ben. Trent barely played. Steven didn't do anything, and Cash barely didn't do anything in the second half. Thank God Dalton stepped up because then it, it became literally the, the market show because outside of Troy, who played 19 minutes and had five and five and four points, and Anthony's two points, we didn't get a whole lot from anybody. So, And then obviously Lance's bit. So, I mean, overall, Steven's got to step it up, and that's bottom line, uh, especially against in this matchup on Wednesday that we'll or tomorrow that we'll get to at the end of this Missouri State with third really good guard play. Steven's got to be big, especially even on defense. That's got to be that case. So uh, quickly, the box score, we end up shooting 56% for the game, which is pretty pretty incredible. Uh, what was the crazy stat? I don't recall. I don't know if you do either. The, the paint points, what our record is whenever we have a certain amount of paint points or something. Uh, we had only had three turnovers in the second half. Uh, and we shot 40% from three. So, and we had, they all rebounded us. Uh, they had six more offensive boards, so then we had four total. By the end of it, we had two more defensive, almost half of it to JD. So, uh, overall, yeah, a quality game. Like we said, just another game. And that's what we said the cons of this game, the cons of this group so far this year is finishing games because who knows what our record would be. And those other games we've lost, and obviously vice versa with the ones we've won. We've won by a combined, what, five points? Uh, in our first two Valley games. So that's where we stand. 2-0, and looking good. No, do you have any final thoughts on this game? Yeah, it's Before a, we get, we'll get into close as well. Yeah, it's a, it was a, I'd say, like I said earlier, it's, it's still yet to put 40 minutes together. Uh, um, I think Brian said it, but I think from what I, watching the whole game, uh, I, I would say about 32, 33 minutes um, that we played really well and, it's those eight minutes we got to figure out because usually those eight minutes are um, at the start of the game where uh, we're chasing points and it's really um, this team isn't built to chase points and um, it just happened to be we had a really good start but those eight minutes lacked in the second half and that's what really really uh, kept this game from us winning by twenty probably twenty points or more so uh, but yeah it's another game and I had a little another touch on Steven maybe it's not as big as deal. Uh, we don't notice it as much as if uh, Trent Brown is back playing his full minute scoring a little bit, then maybe if we get Ben Harvey back, it wouldn't be as big deal. But, yeah, with those two guys not full go right now, Steven's a big cog, and we need him to step up. Yeah, so hopefully he does. Uh, yeah, you're right. And even thinking to games where we have huge leads, if we and we know we're a good defensive team, and obviously sports that we're not, if we can even grind out like – Obviously, there's so many things that go on, even high-level basketball, that they have certain situations. If you're up by a lot and you need to just run up the clock, you have certain offensive sets. We know they kind of run the same offense all the time, no matter what. But something like being like we know around here, just certain basketball teams play, it just hit me like a Centralia or something, level basketball, where it's so like, you know, I even say like now Spurs-related basketball, like so fundamentally like smart in your situations through a game that you can keep a lead, play good defense and obviously be efficient and do stuff crazy on offense enough to, uh, you know, hold the lead and not blow it. So something hopefully we can get going with because we do have a rough stretch of games here. After this after this next uh, – well, we'll get three straight home games after this game tomorrow. So it will all help. Uh, tomorrow is a big day. So, yeah, 63-60 to 60 final score, as we said. Uh, 
So, you know, those were our takeaways, and we would obviously say the dog of the game tonight or the other night was Dalton 100%. If it wasn't for him, we lose. So uh, seeing his elite offensive skills that we saw bits in his freshman year, uh, that's definitely uh, what we need moving forward. So now I know we're moving on. Uh, we wanted to touch on the three players that did talk about. We just talked about Dalton. Um, they, uh, they gave him a shout-out for his game there. Lance, he's averages two steals per game. He's always – also a conference leader in that regard. Uh, only five Salukis in school history have averaged two steals or more for a full season. So hopefully he keeps that up and stays active. And then, yeah, he mentioned Dalton, or he mentioned Marcus, along with him about averaging close to 16 points a game, leads the conference and most school assists at the time. So some shout-outs there for those guys. Uh, now, Noah, also didn't they post the other day that there's another rescheduled game uh, it says here that uh, our senior night against Illinois State pushed back one day from February 23rd or to February 23rd uh, involving there's a, a part of a conference rescheduling plan involving seven league games. And that was one that happened there. If I click on the link, I don't think there's any other information on that. Obviously, that's a game we'll cover as time goes on. So I don't want to just do any type of news in that regard. Uh, now Noah Troy, he had an interview they posted today with Mike. Uh, it was a good one. Like we said, Troy is, seems like we just, uh, we just talked about this earlier that he's such a smart kid. He, they mentioned how quiet he is or how like his quiet confidence kind of, uh, and that's why he seems so cool, uh, cool, calm and collected on the court. Right. I mean, he, he does everything he's supposed to for the most part. He can make threes and free throws. Uh, no, he had a good interview. Yeah, it was a really good interview. He was, uh, Talked about COVID a little bit. Uh, the first couple of days was pretty rough for him, but the last couple of days of quarantine, um, it leveled out. He said it was like a, a almost like a bad, a pretty bad cold. So uh, um, good to see he's getting back going. Um, yeah, Mike was just talking about uh, if he's just if he's a quiet person, and uh, he was asking how his development. Um, looking, he said looking back at a couple, uh, looking back at a picture from two years ago. Um, you wouldn't notice that it was Troy, and uh, he was just talking about his growth. And uh, he's getting the more he plays, the more comfortable comfortably gets, and uh, he's coming along nicely. And uh, he says he feels stronger. Um, looking back at those pictures, because uh, you can't can't really tell that it's him looking back a couple of years ago. But yeah, he's he's um, Javon's done a really good job in the weight room with these guys, and uh, he's looked like a totally different guy, and he's coming on pretty pretty nicely, and he, he likes the way he's played so far. Yes, exactly. And you mentioned Javon Shaw. I heard most of the players have shouted him out for sure. Uh, done an incredible job. And quickly, Brian said uh, he was asked about Troy. I think after the game the other night, he said, Troy has been a great lift for us. He didn't play a ton at the beginning of the year. After the Paradise Jam, he started to play a little bit more. And I think that's common for freshmen in terms of practices and getting the feel for D1 games. He was playing well. He hurt his groin a bit while playing at Tulsa. We recall that. And he said he cooled him down for a couple weeks. Now he's healthy. He gets his versatility. Troy has a good feel for the game. He's able to switch. He's able to do some things defensively that helps us. He's never been sped up as a freshman. He'll pass the ball. He'll make open shots. He's the kind of guy you can count on uh, and trust in a game. And we, he's talked about multiple players in that regard of trust. We know Steven's been that way, especially because, Noah, obviously this freshman class – uh, you know, we're sitting two freshmen, you know, that hasn't been fully announced. It's the obvious to this point. In fact, Detroit has been an impactful. Uh, but it seems like that's the kind of, obviously, he can grow his game over time. And as well as Foster and Scotty, 
once they get into the to the groove of the rotation as years go on. But uh, obviously, we don't have that kind of star, you know, per se, as someone who, you know, like we maybe have coming in next year. By the way, Cade said go dogs to our final tweet or to the main account's final tweet after the game, which is cool. He's keeping up with this as we are with him. And uh, the fact that we don't have that, you know, guy until next year, especially not this year, to help us impact this, like, around the valley or around the country. But, no, obviously, he brings that kind of glue guy especially if he's able to shoot and make his free throws pass. He's, he's almost a five-tool player, it seems like, with his size. What is he, like 6'8"? So uh, talk about impact. Yeah, it's big time if you if you just – if it reminds you of uh, not as much uh, you, you take away the scoring, but of what Marcus Damask was his freshman year. Um, but Marcus was thrown in the fire, but he had to do what he had to do. But, um, yeah, Troy's came along nicely in that kind of role and uh, – He's doing everything. Uh, he just um, he can score. He can he can drive and finish at the rim and make cuts. And he's knocked down a couple big open threes this year for us. But yeah, he's developing real nicely, and uh, he's going to be a really strong top Valley player um, once he adds to his game and grows. Yeah, didn't we? Speaking of grows his game, but we're thinking we questioned or we talked about earlier that we don't know if he's done growing or not. Uh, which is which is crazy because if he's well size wise, but like you know even girth wise as a freshman, who knows how we can end up you know ironing out as time goes on as well. I mean his size, he is the prototypical perfect four man you you could say. And even I've talked I've talked on this you know before and uh, mentioned it again today that he kind of resembles what Anthony maybe would have been as a freshman. Obviously he's a lot more girthier and whatever, but along with the similar last names, but they kind of have that kind of feel to them. That Troy could be more of a guard, you know, oriented, and he's listed as a guard more than Anthony. But I think, obviously, in terms of being able to shoot, being able to, you know, finish crafty and play kind of that style that's not a big, even though Troy's kind of like a guard forward four man. It'll be interesting. We do love his future uh, without a doubt. So now I know some small things. I did want to mention that we've mentioned before how the team, our team hasn't really been huddling throughout games. You know, you see it all the time, teams around the country that do it. I noticed that we did do that the other night, and I think we did it previously before that as well, maybe the Grambling game, and maybe Trent Brown's total impact in that regard, and even Brian touched on Trent's uh, leadership that he's continued to bring uh, since he's been back. So I wanted to touch on that because we did talk about it. It's like they listened to our pod and said, well, we got to do that because it doesn't make sense. And here they are doing it. So uh, there's that. And then, Noah, just a quick topic. We mentioned Cade. Uh, can't wait till Javon Shaw gets his, gets his hands on him as well. But, no, we thought about even Scotty moving forward, the potential they could have as a duo because we thought what the future could hold at our big position, losing Anthony, bringing in Cade and the bigs that we'll still have, barring anything, that Scotty and Cade seem like the, the perfect duo because they're total opposites. It just got a thinking of the future in that regard because uh, they said that Scotty's obviously developing pretty well and he looks happy over there on the bench. You know, if you mix those two together with the athleticism of Scotty and the overall versatility of K, that could be scary down the road. Yeah, definitely, especially with only one more one more year of JD, uh, Scotty will come along nicely and bring, bringing in Kate in here to add a, what, what's he going to impact right away as a freshman and uh, um yeah, you're going to have Cade as that stretch big. You're going to have that athletic freak um, big 
and Scotty, then you're going to have the big bruiser banger with Kyler. So those three are going to be a nice match for the next um, years to come in the Valley. It's going to be really nice to have. Yeah, I think Scotty's learned a lot from J.D. I think that he can evolve his game like that. Defensive, we, we recall in the exhibition, he made a couple free throws and he brought that toughness that I think, you know, obviously over time, if he, if he sticks around and enjoys this, uh, you know, this red shirt, that obviously it'll pay off for him. I think it will. It works out for him. Uh, so now, Noah, quickly before we get around the Valley, uh, we did see out that we know Murray State's coming. They put up a banner apparently in their arena, so they are definitely ready to go. There were a couple interviews, and Jeff Jackson was out on campus and got to do whatever with some of the, the higher personnel there. What else did you take from that? What else did you see? Yeah, he he uh he was there. He got a uh, nice racer jacket, so uh, um, they're good. They're welcoming him, and he's welcoming them. And it's good to see um, we're adding another great program to the valley, and uh, it was good to see and uh, another t- another um, thing on um, expansion is I believe this weekend was. Uh, um, nobody, the Valley confirmed, didn't confirm this, but everybody knows uh, that Jeff Jackson and Missouri Valley officials were on campus at UIC, so uh, they were taking their final visit there. So probably here in the next month, you'll hear another addition. Yeah, it's true, and uh, that's what I was going to get to. Any other UIC news as well? Yeah, Jeff's going to make his rounds here, and hopefully, yeah, make it official. You said in the next month, and everyone's been talking, obviously, of the. And we're reminded of the facilities and everything that UIC has that could bring overall just how quality in that realm that their that their uh, uh, program is, which is good news. So, yeah, hopefully, you're right, in the next month we hear something official because uh, it'll all become official in July. So it's only a matter of time. Uh, they're not really running out of time, I wouldn't say, I guess, but uh, definitely ready for that. Uh, now, no, let's get around the valley. There's some big games. We talked about the one previously on the other pod about some crazy buzzer beaters. Uh, what are some other – a lot of close games. Yeah, recap of uh, this weekend um, around the valley. Uh, we thought Loyola was getting knocked off at home. Bradley went into Loyola and uh, gave them their best shot and went to OT. Bradley was up, uh, what was it, double digits at one point, and we thought it was going to be – um, a good chance to see Loyola go down, but Loyola stayed stayed calm and cool collective, and Williamson lifted them. Him and Chris Knight and OT, uh, Loyola wins by seven. Yeah, I mentioned this. Chris Knight only missed one shot, had 11 rebounds with those 14 points. He is a rare mismatch. Uh, that I, Obviously, I've seen it before, but he's something that with his athleticism and the way he can slither around, he's a nice build. Uh, let me look at the build here. He's 6'7", 225, but he's got something that's going to be a problem for us, especially if he rebounds like that. That's a, that'll be a problem. Schwieger with 13. Lucas, yeah, with those 20. He turned it on at the end of the game for sure. He didn't shoot that well, but he played 40 minutes combined with overtime. He was really good. Ugog, no. Ugog showing some elite offensive traits, and, and that is scary for, obviously, he's done it before, but over time, he can be that elite offensively. They will be the utmost scary, and they were, again, uh, what is that, 11 guys deep and all can play at a really high level. So uh, Mast and Kent, two young guys led Bradley as well. So that was a good game. We're hopefully, yeah, after the San Francisco win and them getting close to 25, top 25 votes, that Loyola could maybe drop that one at home. That was a really good game. Yeah, then uh, another one that makes uh, 
our win on the road at Evansville looked pretty good is uh, Evansville took Drake to the wire. So both of the uh, top two tier teams that everybody thinks um, have the best shot of winning the Valley uh, were on the ropes this weekend. Um, they pulled out 60 to 59. Uh, Tucker DeVries continues to grow as a freshman, leads the way 15 points for the Drake Bulldogs. Um, Jawan Newton and Shamar Givens doing all they can for Evansville. 21 for Newton, 18 for Givens. Yeah, Newton was really efficient. Nine rebounds as well, and that Givens shot 20 times, almost like he has to at this point. Yeah, Evansville can sneak up on you in those games. We know it was close to start. I thought Drake pulled away, and then, yeah, Evansville came back. So that's the kind of good thing we got the win against them, even though it was barely uh, out of the way at their place, because they, like, I'm sure they'll do that at our place as well. So they're a team you just still got to watch out for. Uh, Brody continues to come off the bench for Drake, and we'll get to some things, and we'll go around the valley of what coaches said about their teams, some of the status of them. And you're right, they, they do seem, obviously, they, they look, they, they're playing like they're beatable for sure. And uh, that'll be something to note going forward, especially in those rescheduled home games. They got to come to our place, got to take advantage of those games. And yeah, especially Brody coming off the bench. Yeah, they're going to start small most of the time. And Evansville is kind of a small team, so I can see maybe that was a matchup. But I think Brody has been coming off the bench regardless. So that was a good game. And then the final one. Yeah, as good as those first three games, including ours, uh, all of them going down the wire. The best one of the night. Um, on CBS Sports Network, Northern Iowa on the road, where we're going to be tomorrow night. Um, the Missouri State Bears hosted the Panthers. Um, it was the A.J. Green versus Isaiah Mosley show. Um, A.J. Green's 33 points lifted 85-84 um, win for the Panthers. So big. Um, we thought they just had a first two easy Valley games with blowouts, but uh, – they they go on the road and they they show what they can be when knocking off a really pesky Bears team. Yeah, and we're thinking Missouri State will be pretty upset going into tomorrow. Noah Carter's their center for the time being. We were going to get to some of the status of their personnel. Uh, Nate Heisey's good. Uh, you and I is just good, and we've been saying it since the beginning. You know, they had their bumps and bruises. That's a huge win. They're seven and seven, but they're three and one in conference, and they're looking pretty good. They're looking. Uh, I, I would say scary. I mean, they get AJ Green can drop 33 like we know he can. They're a team we're going to have to watch out for, and they got even Bowen Bourne off the bench with 11, and they're just they're they're just they're just quality. And we knew they were going to be the whole time. Uh, and then yeah, looking at Missouri State, 43 points and nine rebounds. He had that huge offensive board the game prior to hit that shot, so he, he comes off a buzzer beater with 43 points, leading the charge, especially. Uh, depending on how they finish, he's leading the charge for player of the year because he can score like this. Uh, it's incredible. And player of the week. Player of the week. He could end up very well being player of the year. Donovan Clay hasn't been scoring a whole lot. He's been rebounding and playing decent amount of minutes. He's he's one. We'll get to the preview of them. They will still be a threat. That was a great game. And then there's some couple games tonight. Yeah, there is a couple games tonight. Um Indiana State on the road at Northern Iowa, so another home game for Indi or for Northern Iowa um, against kind of a depleted Indiana State team because of COVID. So that should be, I'd say, an easy win for you and I. Not sure who Indiana State has available. Then Valpo, after dropping a home game to us, gets to go on the road on CBS Sports Network against Loyola. So that'll be interesting to see how. Um, See, since we just played Valpo, see, see how we matched up against them, see how Loyola gets the matchup against them as well. 
That's true. We talked about the bigs. Dabo has could give Loyola's bigs some fits with how they are around the rim. Cricky is a mismatch for about anybody. 10-point favorite UNI is, 15-point favorite Loyola is. Yeah, 8 o'clock start in Chicago. That's interesting. So, yeah, you mentioned Indiana State. That stinks. They're going to play with about seven guys. They just came off COVID. Uh, that stinks. And UNI is a tough team to beat there. UNI could very well be 4-1 by the end of the night, yep. set themselves up. That'd be great. Downpost tough stretch here. No, what are they? They're own. What are they? Own three, and they're gonna tend to end up. What's the one and three? One and three, and they're gonna end up with. They got tough test coming up here. Yeah, they got a uh, coming off a loss to us again at Loyola at home. Two home games against Missouri State, then Northern Iowa. Then, uh, to, then tomorrow night, I believe there's a couple games as long as along with our game. Um, I believe it's Evansville on the road at Bradley. That'll be interesting. Then still on for now, I believe Mueller or Dan Mueller said today that uh, they should have around 13 guys get on the plane to go to Drake today. So that game's still on. They've had COVID issues. Illinois State at Drake and Evansville at Bradley, along with our game tomorrow night. Yeah, you really can't argue with the fact that there's really no bad game. We'll see the rest of the year. Looking forward to that. Uh, and then knowing we know there was a presser the other day. That every coach had a couple minutes with some of the media members, the well-known media members in the Valley, led by uh, Mike, uh, what's his last name? Can't think of it. But he's he always does those, and they all know him pretty well. Did a good job. So Brian was the second to last, Noah, but going through some injury updates around the Valley, uh, or just things in general, uh, I'm pretty sure Brian Wardle led it off. Uh, I don't think he, they didn't talk about Jay Sean Henry, which is interesting. We know he's been dealing with a concussion. Uh, so that's something to keep it. He was asked about like the impact of Maston can, like we said earlier, they, they let him in scoring. They, those guys are big impact guys. We questioned about or wonder and hope that we could land a guy like Jason Ken and his build. He's got a division one build. He will be scary by the time he's a senior. Uh, and mask, mask is definitely a problem. Uh, no, I noticed Booyah. Or, yeah, Boya is uh, Boya uh, was on the bench. I don't know if he's been playing at all. Is he still dealing with something that you know of? I don't know if he's been playing a whole lot. But. Yeah, they did not. Uh, they didn't. He didn't get asked about it, but I believe he hasn't been playing much for them um, this year so far. Um, says he's played in 14 games so far. He started one, only averaging two points and two rebounds. So uh, we know he battled. Injuries last year at the end of the year didn't get to play in Arch Madness, but uh, yeah, he it says he played three minutes on the fifth against Missouri State, so he's not seeing much floor time. No, because we we were going to take into account him this season. He had 14 of those games, uh, but yeah, we knew he was hurt. He kind of had a concussion of his own last year. So uh, overall, I, I think you just talked about Terry Roberts getting double teamed and not having as big of an impact. Yeah. As he did, he's kind of struggled offensively. That's caused them to struggle. Brian looked a little bit restless and frustrated with the way they've been playing. Uh, we know Melody Lyons has been playing good. Noah Darius Hanna, only 10 games. I wonder if he's dealing with COVID or something. We He's also a guy we were going to take into account this year. So the reason why we are the only ones that are up high on Bradley is because you had a guy like Roberts playing as good as he is, and you had the depth of these guys that are struggling. But if they get in the groove, they will be – you don't want to play him in the tournament. We'll put it that way. So, yeah, they play tomorrow. Who was next? No, I think Lodick was on. He mentioned an update on Trevor Anderson, uh, said that he will play in that game tonight, I believe, uh, which obviously we dodged a bullet there, as we've said. 
Uh, he mentioned uh, what Kithier we talked about Noah that he's been dealing with COVID and what what did he say about Thomas? Yeah, there was that it was that long stretch in the first half where is the we didn't get a stoppage till the under twelve I believe so it was like a seven and a half minute eight minute stretch of nobody playing and he said uh, he was asked about Kithier and he said he's coming back from COVID and getting back into shape but it was after the, it was that first time out he looked at Thomas and said are you okay dude like he was like he was showing that uh, it's just he hasn't got that fitness back yet coming off of COVID, getting in that um, basketball shape, as they say. But, uh, yeah, Keith, you're coming back on COVID, then uh, we'll see what happens tonight. Um, hopefully Anderson, he said Anderson will play. So um, they're fully getting back into strength. It's going to take a couple more games, I'd say, to get them in top shape. For sure. And even I'm pretty sure he was asked about uh, – uh, something that they've been dealing with, but he, he mentioned, he gave us a shout out in terms of, you know, they didn't, or somebody asked him about, you know, they don't, or I think he gave us a shout out with our offensive rebounding or something. They don't off, offensive rebound like us and, or it may have been in a different one, but I, I was like, what? I'm like, yeah, we've, we've been better at it. We've been struggling at it at times. They didn't really talk mo- much about uh, the game that we had on Saturday. It was pretty much a look ahead. Uh, so yeah, that's the status with them. We'll see them down the road and that rescheduled home game. Uh, now, no, and one way state, yeah. Uh, Moeller was on, and he discussed uh, Mark Freeman, who's been dealing with an injury. Uh, I think he said that he's, again, not going to play for a while or something, I believe. He's averaging close to 10 points when he does play. Uh, what else did Dan mention of status of their guy? I think he talked about Antonio Reeves, but what about, do you remember anything injury-wise? Yeah, besides Freeman, that they still don't know. They're still working things out. It's like a day, maybe a day-to-day thing. Um, but they talked about how the team, they still don't, with COVID, they're, um, they're not sure if they would play, but they coming out today, they have 13 guys going to let playing, so that's a good sign. Um, he said none of the coaches have been um, has tested positive yet. And, uh, yeah, they just asked about the uh, growth of Antonio Rees over the summer and how he's scoring. He coming from last year. Um, scoring only like 12 points a game now he's leading the valley in points scored with that's a pretty good accomplishment especially when you got guys like Mosley scoring 43 and AJ Green scoring 33 that you can still lead lead the league in points score or points per game yeah and the fact that we recall obviously and we heard rumblings or people we knew that we thought we were going to land Antonio Reeves and seeing what he's doing now I think he's you know benefiting off of Dan's, you know, vision, and you know he's a talented player, so kind of just let him play. And I think I'm not saying that couldn't have happened here, but uh, you know, I think Dan obviously gives, you know, helps them out in that regard. Hey, their play style, their uh, uh, culture they have there helps Antonio be the player he is. Side chat Chapman's going to be a problem. We'll get to him whenever we cover. He's averaging about 15 and and seven, and uh, he's really good. He's shooting about 56 percent from the field, so they will be a problem as we know. Uh, who is next? No, I believe uh, DeVries was on, and this was one we wanted to talk about with him talking about Drake. We know Roman Penn uh, came back, you know, maybe a little sooner than we thought. We thought he was out for a long time. He's came back, Noah, but DeVries said that uh, he doesn't want to mess with anything like surgery related because it would end his season. seems like he's playing through his current injury. Yeah, he was asked about uh, Penn and Tank Hanfell. Um, still playing with some pitch counts with those guys. Uh, Tank's still not recovered, still playing banged up. Then Roman Penn is something that will not heal, that will have to be fixed later, and they've decided that he can come back and 
um, tough it out. So kudos to those two playing through injury. Um, they're probably not going to be at their best. They're like Lance Jones with his turf toe. Um, don't know how Lance was good for a couple games and missed. Then we, we rested him for two games. And um, now it's like he re, has re-aggravated and it's back again. So, uh, yeah, those injuries, things, playing through injuries, tough tough scene. But uh, that's showing what kind of players those two kids are. And they talked about Hemp Hill uh, and, like, he doesn't have the explosiveness that he used to. And Darren was like, yeah, we're just not going to see that pretty much anymore. He is fighting through it. Obviously, if he played in that tournament game against USC, I think they killed him. But he could have been an impact for sure. Him not playing or barely – I think he barely played. But it was Penn that wasn't playing, obviously. But, yeah, if you get those guys not 100%, I think that's obviously makes them vulnerable clearly that, you know, whenever we do play them, we got to jump on it. You know, Penn's still playing 27 minutes uh, per se and Tank's about 25. So we still got to jump on him. Dick Garrett starts to stepping up. And he was he asked about he was asked about his son and his growth. He's like, yeah, it's like pretty much any typical freshman and the growth that he sees this year. And obviously he's putting a target on his back for how well he's playing. He he'll be one of the main uh, bulletin board guys going into games this year. Uh, now I know who else discussed. I think they talked to Drew Valentine, and again he's really well spoken. You wonder why he's great. Noah, they said they have championship uh, expectations, which of course they do. Uh, and obviously the games that they've had and they were people were giving him credit for obviously playing San Francisco on short notice and traveling or flying four hours in that game and getting the, uh, no, what else did uh, Drew discuss? I don't think injury issues wise, uh, just a quality uh, appearance from Drew. Yeah, they, uh, I think they asked him about um, Valpo maybe a little bit, but uh, yeah, nothing else uh, that stuck apart. Um, they've had little couple nicks and bruises here and there, but uh, no, no COVID. Um, but the, they, I think they asked him about their COVID break and I think it was like almost like 26 days. Yeah, I was shocked to hear that. 26 days before they played their next game. They asked how coming back from that was and um, just little things like that. Yeah. No, nothing big injury related to discuss with Loyola. They still are who they are. So uh, no, no Indiana state, um, Sturts uh, was in there pretty early. I think it was in Dan's, uh, Dan Muller's uh, interview. He was sitting there for a while until we finally got to him. He had a long stint of talking a lot about what they've been going through. Obviously, we, we discussed uh, uh, their COVID situation and what they're going through tonight, Noah. But uh, Sturts is a, is a good coach, obviously. He, he, you know, he's done what he's done so far with losing. If they had Tyree Key, they'd be really interesting, and they played competitively. Uh, he was pretty. He's obviously really well spoken. He reminded me of Casey Alexander from Belmont. They're almost twins, so they'll be twins in the conference next year. But what else did uh, Josh talk about? Uh, I think he discussed uh, obviously losing Tyree Key. What else did you take from it? Yeah, uh, I believe Harry Schroeder uh, asked a lot of the coaches about freshmen and stuff. They asked him about Micah Thomas and his playing so far this year. He's done a pretty good job, um, a guard for them. Then they asked him about. Uh, Q Peterson, he's been banging. He's been with injuries, um, battling injuries. Not played very. I think he's only played a couple games this year. So uh, that was that. Then yeah, they said he said he think he's only gonna have like seven guys tonight. So uh, that's uh, gonna be rough, especially on the road in the valley, especially at a place like Northern Iowa. For sure. And now segue into Evansville. Lickleider always seems like even before the season. 
when they had these pressers, he's the one that nobody really asked questions to, and it's unfortunate. It's kind of sad to see, you know, obviously they're the team that they are, but they are stingy. They are definitely at home, and Todd talked about uh, that he's took pride in the fact that they've been competitive in all these games, and, uh, you know, obviously going through, I think he mentioned some of the players that they have, and he even talked about us. You no, know, he talked about, you know, if you want to, he said like something about the standard of talking about how teams play. You know, if you want to, I'm paraphrasing here about winning basketball or the way you want to play, you know, if you want to beat Southern Illinois, he mentioned something else. He said that about a couple of schools. So I took that from that. But yeah, like I said, never, never long interviews with Todd discussing his aces. And it's unfortunate. Yeah, they're going to be in a lot of close games. They look like they're going to win a whole lot. Uh, he's doing his best there. So uh, what else? You take anything else away from that? Yeah, they asked him about, um, somebody asked him about uh, Ayin or Nana. He said it's uh, about, he plays some some and he plays very little someplace. They asked him about him. Um, yeah, that's about it. They didn't talk much. Uh, Todd was on the Andy on with Andy Katz today, though, so if you want to hear more from him, go listen to it. Yeah, that's interesting. Going back to the, the postponed game they had with Illinois State, that'll be a decent matchup down the road for them. And you're right, he was with Andy Katz. Uh, so now, Noah, quickly, you and I, uh, this is one we want to talk about with the COVID situation. Ben Jacobson was on, and Noah, we noticed Austin Fife has barely been playing lately. He played a lot more the other night, but there was a game where he only played one minute, barely played. Noah, they talked about him. He took, and he was thankful for uh, whoever asked it about the status of Fife. He's been dealing with COVID pretty bad. Yeah, they say he's, he's recovering still. It's a day-to-day thing. He said, I forget which game he said it was, but they went into it and he uh, warmed up and he couldn't play at all. It's it, It's been pretty rough on five, which is a shame because we know what he was two years ago um, alongside A.J. Green and those guys. So, uh, yeah, Noah Carter's, Noah Carter's filling in that role. Um, starting at the five, but five's coming off the bench a little bit, trying to play here and there, trying to get back into some into basketball shape and really get go really get going for them um so it's a shame to see that awesome five being hit hit that hard yeah and you mentioned noah carter he said they want to kind of have some consistency with him playing the five so i think they'll continue yeah to do that moving forward i don't think anything else they discussed uh, other than that uh, we'll be seeing them shortly uh actually on saturday and then noah uh us uh if i can get it out here Brian discussed our status. There was something actually that stuck out first. You know, Trent Brown, he, he was asked and talked about, uh, seems like he's been hurt for a while. We were kind of surprised. that We thought he got hurt near the start of the season. They said mentioned something about the summer. Yeah, they mentioned that, or he mentioned, he was asked about Trent, if he re-aggravated, Harry did, and uh, he said, yeah, Trent's still trying to get back into into a groove, into basketball shape, and uh, he, said he said he barely played basketball in the spring and barely played in the summer so uh still trying trying to figure out if the injury happened there or he went through some other stuff during that time or what happened yeah other than that he didn't really talk a whole lot about anything yeah bucky asked him a couple questions yeah bucky seemed like that was it and then uh then we'll finish with missouri state now there's someone that will know that uh and obviously we'll just jump into them the status of them though they will be without who tomorrow DeMarcus Sharp is back in his uh, boot. I um, believe he was getting an MRI on it yesterday. So uh, that will be interesting. And he gives them 
a lift off the off the bench when he's able to play. So uh, he can he can score it at will too. So that's another hit to them. For sure, yeah, he's averaging about five points a game. So no, let's quickly now. Or not against quickly. Let's spend some time on discussing the Bears. They are a threat. They are talented. What you got? Yeah, it's one of those teams where we thought it would be at the top of the league. And uh, just like every – a lot of other – besides Loyola, had a disappointing um, non-conference, had, uh, missed out on some opportunities. They could have they could have won easily. But, uh, yeah, it's interesting to see if you look at this team. Um, they can – they are not very good. They are struggling big time on the defensive end. Uh, you see the high-scoring games again. Seen at the beginning of the year, they lost at home against SEMO to start the year, uh, both scoring in the high 90s in that game. Um, they're start, they're struggling to create turnovers on defense. Uh, um, they're in the bottom tier of defensive, all, a lot of defensive effective field goal, defensive um, shooting percentage against them. So it, it's been struggling, but offensively, they are a juggernaut. Um, you stop one guy, they got another guy that can go off. Uh, starting with Six uh, five junior Isaiah Mosley, averaging eighteen and a half points per game, just went off for um, forty three the other night. Um, so he's a big time player. Him and Gage Prim, the big man, he is another guy you got to watch out for. Coming from the JUCO ranks, um, we've seen what he done the last couple of years. He almost put up twenty twenty against us um, last year. So then then you got the transfer Donovan Clay. Um, he hasn't really gelled gelled in there yet. It's it's interesting. I thought he uh, fit right in, play really well. Um, still averaging eight and six for them. Um, Jamonte Black, uh, Isaiah Mosley, high school teammate, another big star. Jalen Manette, the IUPUI transfer has been pretty big for them. He hasn't played in every game, but played the other night, so that's when he walks out. Then Lukai Patterson, um, everybody's interested in the Lukai Patterson, Lance Jones matchups too. Um, look like running backs playing point guard for these teams, so it'll be interesting. Um, Keaton Hervey hasn't played played in the last couple games, I believe. He's been banged up, killed us last year. Um, so interesting to look out. Some backup bigs, Nick Tata or Dawson Carper doesn't play every game, it's, depending how things go. Then uh, recently took off his red shirt. Isaac Haney is one to watch out for, going to be a star in this league. Yeah, watched him play a little bit, and he's effective. Offensively, he can shoot the lights out, I'm sure. He looks like a leader out there uh, as a freshman, so he will be impactful. You mentioned Lukai Patterson did have 20 points the other night. We'll have to take that into account. It is a perfect matchup with Lance. He averages about seven, and he's played in every game. So we talked about this earlier. Who do they start? Do they start Lukai, Prem, Mosley, Clay, and Black. Yeah, that's uh, they've mixed some. They've mixed a couple lineups, but uh, I believe the other night they went with that lineup right there. And uh, you said that you know they have those bigs that barely play, uh, which questions the fact that they've only played in 18 combined games out of the 17. Uh, so I wonder if they're just going to go pretty small. They're going to go heavy guard, and they're going to have a lot of gauge prim, obviously. So I think this is a game where we're going to see our bigs and. They're, throw our best shot at Prim, but it could be a game we mentioned earlier that Steven's got to finally step up. Dalton's got to keep doing what he's doing. We have to have really good guard play in this game. Hopefully Trent works his way in. Har- or ben Harvey will be back. And obviously you got Cash and Marcus. Uh, I-, I do like our matchup defensively. 
so quickly, if I want to go to, or I want to discuss uh, the the uh, defenses and offenses in this game, they average Noah about about 79 points a game, uh, and they allow about 68. We score about 65, and no, we only allow about 59. That lead that's one of the tops in the country, leads the valley. Uh, and that just reminds me, Noah, of the SEMO game. We held SEMO about 20 points underneath. Uh, their uh, average, and obviously we recall the first game they had with Missouri State to kick off the year was a barn burner in the 80s or the 90s. So we know Missouri State doesn't like to defend, really. Uh, we could, I remember saying that right after that game against SEMO. Obviously, SEMO's turned out the team that they're you know, destined to be this year, that they don't want to play a whole lot of defense. They want to score. Obviously, they have a lot of scores on their team. And also, Noah, doesn't seem like Gage Prim's got a lot of looks lately. Uh, we question that. Even Dana Ford mentioned that in the presser, right, that they got to start getting Gage Print more touches. Yeah, they, I believe somebody was asked uh, about uh, Noah Carter guarding him the other night in that matchup, and he said, I'm more worried about the guys in Maroon uh, not getting him the ball enough. Um, he's a guy capable of 20-20 if he really wants to. That's the type of athlete and type of player this kid is. So, uh yeah, dangerous player. They only played eight deep the other night and three guards off the bench. Um, Keaton Hervey only played six minutes. So that shows you the minutes their starting five is. Uh, Prim played 29. Black played 39. Mosley played 37. Patterson played 32. And Clay only played 26. So um, we know we like to grind out games. So maybe this is an advantage for us that we want to slow down the tempo and grind these guys out because they're going to play a lot of minutes, it looks like. Without a doubt, especially if they, you know, are heavy with their starting five, I think that shows how deep we must be for us to stay fresh and wear them down with our defense. Other than, you know, we're pretty much almost exactly even in so many other stats in this game. We both shoot around, they shoot about 49%, we shoot about 46 uh, They average about close to three more rebounds. We're about dead spot and assists per game uh, with about 13 to 14, around the same blocks per game. Uh, and steals 5.6 to 5.7. So, again, it seems like every time we go over this, uh, that we're pretty evenly matched in you know, pregame stats with teams. And you mentioned, we've talked about, they've played a lot of close games lately, yes, and now they're back at home. You mentioned the UNI lost by one, the Bradley game where they won by two, beat the buzzer beater, and then they beat Drake by five. They've been playing a lot of close games, as have we. So I think this could end up being a barn burner. You just got to control, obviously, a lot of their guys, especially – Mostly, like we said, who's uh, on his way to potentially being player of the year if they continue to be the team that they are. And, yeah, they make about 10 threes a game, which is the most in the Valley. Uh, they are 11-0 when they hold opposing teams to 70 points or fewer, and 0-6 when teams score over 70. We are 5-0 when we score 67, and 4-5 and on the year when falling short of the 67-point mark. Uh, Marcus has still accounted for about 48% of our field goals over the last three games. Uh, so he's got to step up, obviously, and it's good because I think it just popped up that there is a spread in this game of eight points. I don't know how long it's been there. There is no over-under, but they are an eight-point favorite at home. Uh, even the matchup predictor on ESPN has them about 80% chance to win, Noah. Uh, so we'll get to some quotes here in a second that Brian talked about Missouri State, but uh, uh, what do you think about on these picks? Yeah, I'm going to take the plus. I think it'll be a tough grinding out game. I don't think um, we haven't – us and Loyola, the only two Valley teams not to give up 70 points in a road game this season. 
Um, they like to shoot the three ball, but we lead we lead the MVC in three point field goal percentage and defense. So, uh, and like you said earlier, we're allowing 58.9 points per game, which is leads the MVC and ranks 20th nationally. So it's going to be a big time. I will take the plus eight. I will as well. Uh, and again, some of these records are incredible. We're 19 and one in our last 20 when we out rebound an opponent, and uh, we have won or tied the rebounding battle in 10 of our 14 games. I mean, some of these records are crazy when you do things you feel like you're supposed to. Uh, we're 20 and five in Brian's era when we have 15 or more assists, and 22 and seven when we have more assists than the opponent. You know, these these records don't lie, and I think I'd, I would hope that the team would know these stats and say, well, this is what we got to do. And obviously, if things play out through a game you can't control at times. It just plays out how it is. So, uh, you know, I think that's something definitely to be said for this game and being on the road or third straight road game. This is. Definitely, definitely going to be a test. We'll get our final thoughts here in a second. Brian did talk uh, uh, the other day on uh, Missouri State. He said, quote, offensively, defensively, Coach Ford has done a great job with the roster. They are extremely talented. They have Prim and Mosley, two of the best players in the league. They have great depth and probably a lot of guys who could score at least 15 to 20 points on any other team. Offensively, they play with great pace and they don't turn the ball over a lot. They have guys who make good decisions and are able to get to their spots. Defensively, they play hard. They're physical. They take away your actions. They deny you. They keep a lot of two-man games and try to limit assists and extra passes. We know it's a challenge, but you have to be strong with the ball and have toughness to beat a team like that. And you mentioned their defense. It's kind of like how we would hype up or how Nick Hill has hyped up teams that you should definitely beat over the course. That could be like this with their defense. I think they are, obviously. They have length. They have athleticism. They should be a good defensive team. They do allow a lot of points. Like I said, they focus a lot on offense. Uh, so that, that will be a factor, Noah. So final thoughts on this game. Yeah, it's a big one. It's a big game. We know we – I didn't say it last time going into the Valpo game, but Valpo game is almost a must-win going to get this Valley, Valley play started back up, um, especially with knowing what's coming forward, especially going on the road tonight, on the road at Missouri State. So it – the over-under i just seen as on mine is 132.5. So uh, that's a, I would take the under in that if we're making picks on that. But, yeah, it's a, it's a big-time game. We're going to show – it's going to show what kind of team we are. They're, they know they just uh, – coming off a tough loss at home, losing, team, losing to Northern Iowa. So uh, looking ahead, it's going to be tough. Uh, like I said, but I think we could be in favor. They play – they only played eight guys deep. A lot of minutes um, grinding out these games, making them work. Uh, our defense on their three-point shooting, love love to see what happens there. Um, but you can't just contain Mosley because they got guys that can hurt you in other places, especially Gage Prim. And you should you see another night what we what we can struggle at against big men like Kithier and Kirky. So uh, it's going to be a tough one. Um, I'm hoping we can pull one out, but I, I'm not too. Not too, uh, I should say, I'm not really Pretty confident. Yeah, not too confident, maybe in that. But uh, cover the eight points. Yeah, maybe I think it's going to be a closer game because we're going to grind them out and we're going to make them play at our pace at some points. They're probably going to try to speed us up, so maybe we can cause turnovers and uh, not turn the ball over ourselves and uh, have some key guys step up and have our two stars be stars. Yeah, that's bottom line. Our bigs are going to have to play well in this game. On Prim, like you said, throw bodies at them. You mentioned 
again, yeah, they play all their stars play a lot of minutes. I think it'll be a factor of wearing them down uh, and you know making them you know earn their minutes. Obviously, over the course of time, yeah, we said plus eight. That doesn't mean we're gonna win. Obviously, keep it close like we had been, uh, but maybe not uh, edge out the victory. You said uh, what 132 and a half. I almost want to take the over because I know how they can score and if we can get going from three-point land. But if we want to be, you know, well-positioned on defense in this game to not let them score a whole lot, like we said, we just read off those records. Both teams are unbelievably unbelievable in their records when certain things happen. So it will be a chess a, a chess match. Our defense against their offense, it'll be really fun. Uh, it'll be a product of, yeah, you said you can't just stop Mosley because then someone else will beat you. So, uh It'll be really fun. Our third straight uh, road game, the kickoff valley, and then we have three straight home games. Uh, you and I, Drake, and Indiana State coming to town. So that'll be a fun three three game stretch. Uh, that's why yeah, you mentioned. We forgot to mention yeah, Valpo was a must win, and we and we and we irked it out because we know you and I's hot. We'll see their their game tonight. They could be four and one going into us, and then yeah, moving forward and getting Drake at home will be tough as well. So this almost seems like a must win as well. It'll be a huge win. We've beaten two semi-bad teams, people would say. Like, we want to earn our right to playing, like, a team that's picked at one of the tops, like Missouri State. So it should be fun. We're looking forward to it. For Nick Malone. No alerts. We'll see you guys next time.